Hello, and welcome to the Sound Up Seattle podcast. It's been a while. It's been a whole nine days since you've talked to John and I. And the single busiest nine days in the history of Seattle sports. Goodness gracious, yeah, people. We're sorry we couldn't have been here sooner, but uh, we're just, we're both busy folks. We were too busy watching sports. It was amazing. <laughs> you kidding me? You think I was stepping away to record a podcast? <laughs> Not in your life. Um, today, we're going to talk about... Uh, the Kraken and their amazing, amazing first round series win against the Avalanche. Might as well call them the Seattle Phoenixes, man. <laughs> Rising from the ashes. Um, and then we're going to talk about the Mariners and kind of what's just been going on with their team because a lot of news has happened. Um, we might we might touch on the draft, but we'll probably save that for a, for a podcast a little bit down the road since not much is going to change with the Seahawks in the coming days. Yes. And then maybe touch a little bit on NBA. Yeah, we'll see how we're doing time-wise, but you know how we get. Um, with that, let's get into Coyote Picnic. Okay, let's get started. Nice. (laughs) Um, Last we recorded... Uh, it was Monday, the 24th, I believe, of April. Yep. Uh, and the Kraken had just tied the series with the Avalanche 2-2. Yeah, two to we, two. we were stoked. Remember then, the Avalanche? Um, From back in the day. Yeah, that was an awesome series. And between then and now, they not only won two of the next three to advance, but took game one against Dallas in a pretty remarkable fashion. Yeah. Um, so let's just kind of slow down i feel like i'm in full dallas mode i kind of forgot the avalanche were a team yeah um but that was an awesome end of that series well yeah let's talk about so they split games five and six yep as we Seattle, as we talked about it as we just we needed suspected. to win two yeah um and yeah the game game seven came down to the wire you you want to give a little recap you want me to give one no yeah go ahead yeah so it was i believe it was two one for most of the game am i am i wrong with that yeah so we were up two oh bjorkstrand scored both of our goals yeah um and then, yeah, up 2-0 most of the game. Late in the second period, they scored to make it 2-1. And then no goals scored in the third period. Oh, that was it. Okay. Um, for some reason, I was thinking it went into overtime. But no, that was the Dallas Stars game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so it was just a great like all-around win. I think Grubauer had one of the best periods we've we've seen from him all playoffs in that, in that game seven against the Avalanche. He was awesome. A lot of really good saves. 2-1, you might be thinking, wow, our defense played awesome. No, he had 34 shots on goal and saved 33 of them. That's a 971 save percentage. That is wild. Which is, yeah, if you don't know hockey, that's really good. I think average sits around uh, like 910, like 910. Maybe even a little less. Yeah. Uh, might be high 800s. But to give you a little context, Georgiev, the avalanche uh, goalie, who is also very good, had 27 shots against him. That's seven less. And he saved... All but two of them. He only allowed two goals. He had a 9.26 save percentage. Yeah, so he played well, too. He has got to be so fuming that that's a game that, that they lose because he did awesome. But, yeah, Grubauer doing his best. Um, uh, shoot, I forgot his name. What was the name of that uh, Team USA? Tim Howard. Oh, yeah. His best yeah. Tim Howard impersonation <laughs> for the uh, Kraken. So that was awesome. That was to win Game 7. We couldn't believe it. You know, a fun fact... In that seven-game series against the Colorado Avalanche, the Kraken scored the first goal 
seven times. Yeah. Every single time. Every single game. And obviously, almost all those games were at least brought back to a tie. Um, so we were blowing leads, even if we later regained the lead. Hold that thought. <laughs> Hold that thought about blowing leads and then regaining them. Uh, so when we when they scored that, that goal late in the second to make it 2-1 we were feeling very nervous. Yes. We knew that yep. second goal was coming to tie it. And then we were like, okay, we'll see who wins after they tie it. But Grubauer put the team on his shoulders and carried. And that was two games ago. That, was, that wasn't even this most recent game. Mm-hmm. One other thing I want to say about that game seven please, was uh, Bjorkstrand. He had a great game. I think he had like five or six just like pure shots, and they were bouncing off the posts. Yeah, He had both of our goals. Am I, am I wrong in that? Correct, he had yeah. Both. He had both our goals. He had six shots on goal. And yeah, every single one of them was so close yeah. to going in. He was. He had the game of his life in that yeah. game. I remember the uh, commentators saying that like he easily could have had like four goals in that game. Hold that thought. Hold that <laughs> thought about somebody having four goals in a game. Um, he was really good. Uh, and luckily, we were able to pull it out. That was great. Avalanche, great team. Finished as the uh, second seed in the West, first in the Central, obviously defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, we're very excited about this Dallas series, but even just the seven seed, upsetting the two seed, the defending champs, um, really awesome. Yeah, there were only in the like in the Stanley Cup playoffs, there was only two upsets in the entirety of it. It was uh, us, the Kraken, and the Panthers beating the Bruins, which was a crazy series. <laughs> which is a way bigger upset like come on panthers you're not really gonna let us have the big upset of the first round like how how is how is the seven seed upsetting the stanley cup defending champs not the biggest upset but instead we got maybe the biggest upset in the history of the stanley cup yep um with the eight seed panthers defeating the all-time record for regular season wins one seed bruins Oh, reminds me of the 2001 Mariners a little bit, but they did win a series, I believe, or two. The unlike this Bruins team. <laughs> Sorry, Boston. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the first round. That's probably probably all we need to say. Uh, one more thing. Yes. Hey, Colorado, Seattle owns you. That's kind of Ooh. the vibe that we've gotten of, over the last year. Um, Sorry, Broncos fans. Yeah, with, with the rush trade, with, uh, with the, the 20, 2013 Super Bowl. Don't forget that. That, that too. Hey, you just, you know... Bow down to daddy right now. Yeah, Rockies. <laughs> stay on the east side, baby. I mean, the Mariners did sweep the Rockies, actually. Too, oh, God. The yeah. other day. Bad the other times week. in Colorado. And now those suckers just live in an area with really cheap housing and beautiful mountains and clear air. Fucking Colorado. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so we can move on to that, talk about this uh, great game won by the Kraken. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, so we roll out of that series with the Avalanche, and you got to be worried about, okay, they expend a lot of energy, a lot of emotion. Can they bring it in this next round? Um, man, game one between the Stars and the Kraken. So high level. Um, Not even game one. The first period. <laughs> yeah, really the first period. Um, I think I saw that it was like the third fastest to like five goals. There was like basically in like a two and a half minute stretch, five goals were scored. Absolutely insane. So... Colorado comes out and they take an early lead. Dallas, um, Dallas, yes. Sorry, Dallas. That's our new opponent. Um, and it was Pavelski uh, coming off injury. He had a concussion in the first round, and he scores the first goal. Good for him. Love to see it. Love to see a guy coming off an injury score a goal. That's really yeah. great. You know, old Good for him. old man. He's thirty eight, coming off an injury. He gets his goal. That's that's fun. And this was in the first two and a half minutes of the game. Like it was quick. Exactly. And it was kind of like a you know old man. Congratulations. Now get him off the ice. You know, time for real players to play. Um, and he didn't get get the message, I guess. <laughs> um, but then, so yeah, they scored the first one. 
Uh, and then, then it goes by most of the first period. I think around the 12-minute mark is where uh, we scored our first goal. Where things started heating up. Yeah, at the 11-minute mark, uh, Schwartz scored. Uh, really good goal distribution by us. Mm-hmm. Dallas could take a note in terms of <laughs> distribution goals. Um, yeah, so Schwartz scored with 11:25. Less than a minute later, Pavelski had that wild tip in off his stick, mm-hmm. where the man shooting right down the line, he just puts his stick up, redirects a tiny Barely, bit, yeah. and it goes in. Keep in mind, Pavelski, the guy who scored the previous goal for the Stars. That's right. <laughs> I, so I guess he did finish with two. Um, uh, and you know, it's a tip in, kind of lucky. Nothing you can do about it. Congrats to the old man. Move on. Uh, two minutes later, Schultz, little defensive goal. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Had a nice wrist shot. And then, okay, what would you guess? What would you guess the timing differential between uh, the fourth goal and fifth goal of the game was? If I remember right, it was like 50 seconds or something? It was 11 seconds. Oh. <laughs> we scored. There was a face-off. We scored on the face-off. <laughs> it was wild. Uh, and that was Bjorkstrand. Nice to see him keeping that Keep hot pace, play going yeah. hey um, by the way we tweeted about Bjorkstrand. i i did i did send out a tweet on uh during the game and i was like wow i think i'm all in that's really kind of you to include the inclusive we on that yeah, yeah we <laughs> tweeted that didn't we good for us just don't bring that same energy if you tweet something wrong you know? <laughs> uh and then less than a minute from there everly had a nice tip in shot four two first period now here's where it's worth noting that dallas is known this is a team that plays defense, and has an elite goalie. So their thing this season, they don't score a lot of goals, but they just play lockdown defense. So coming out of that first period, it's like, am I having a stroke? I was, I thought I smelled burning toast. I told everyone, no toast. Um, but the fact that six goals were scored in that first period, it's like, okay, I guess we'll see whoever wins 11-5. And then that was most of it for the rest of the game. I will say the over-under for the game was five and a half goals total. That's funny. So, yeah, it was surpassed in the first period. <laughs> uh, second period, no goal scored. Uh, lots of shots on goal by both teams. Really good goalie play uh, by, what is the name? I should look up the name of the Dallas goalie. Also, we're sorry for that noise of a, lo- a loud car that just drove by. Yeah, Ottinger, Ottinger, Jake Ottinger for yep. the... For the Dallas Stars is their goalie. Yeah, him and Grubauer were both phenomenal in that second period. A lot of good saves, a lot of decent shots on goal that were stopped. Um, and then the third period comes along. We are pressing. We are in the driver's seat. We are getting a bunch of good shots on goal. Um, and our young buck, Beneers, had an unbelievable shot. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yes, I think so. He had yeah. the wide open shot off a really nice pass where... Literally, the whole right side of the goal is open. He just needs to flick it in, and he puts it right off the crossbar. And in the moment, it was like, oh, that hurts. But it's like, okay, we're up 4-2. Yeah. Like, it would have been nice to, you know, one more degree of separation, but whatever. Man, did that come back to bite us. Because turns out old man Pavelski wasn't quite finished yet. <laughs> uh, Ten-minute mark in the third period. He had a nice shot just on a kind of a fast break play yep. uh, to bring it to 4-3. And you're still like, oh. This is fine. It's like, but at that point, what did we talk about? We get early leads and we blow them. When they scored 4-3, my thought process was entirely, okay, when the fourth goal comes, (laughs) when they tie this game, how will we respond? And they tied the game. And they tied the game. I'm a young hockey fan. Forgive me if this is crazy. That was the craziest shot I've ever seen in hockey. The second Pavelski redirect was unbelievable. It was... He was moving parallel to the puck, 
put his stick up and just with the end of his stick tipped it and then just snuck right past the goalie into the very top left corner of the goal. If you haven't seen it, look it up. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it was the greatest thing that's ever happened on ice. Um, really unbelievable. So not just the hat trick, but the four-goal game for 38-year-old Joe Pavelski um, to tie the game. We had four guys score. They had one guy score. And somehow we were tied. That doesn't make any sense. Another note is uh, Pavelski, I think he's scored like 66 goals he, he's in been, the postseason. Or maybe it's 68 now or something yeah. like that. He's been monstrous um, this year and in the postseason in general. I'm, I'm joking. The guy's, the guy's a, a monster. Yeah, um, he, I think he has 29 multi-goal postseason games or something like that. Like, the, the dude's good. And, a, and apparently the master of the redirect. Yeah. Not just because yeah. of this game. They were saying that he's, he's known for those good redirects. So yeah. maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Um, so all-timer game by him unbelievable they were showing uh showing clips of the last guy to score five was back in 1989 and we were all worried that it was going to happen um but then anyway okay so so it's, it's tied we get we get to the end of uh regulation it's it's tied for four we go into ot what happens john worth noting at the end of regulation was a mess we left our defenders on the ice too long yeah i'm not sure you remember the last 30 seconds of the game but it was brutal it was just shot after shot on goal by them because our defenders just couldn't get to the puck. It was, I've never been so excited for overtime in my life. Um, overtime, competitive, back and forth. We get shots, they get shots. And then Yanni Gord, the boy, with really just like an effort play goal. We had, That's also how we got that first overtime win against the Avalanche to tie it 2-2. Two to two. Yeah. Uh, a shot on goal that was blocked, and then we just had guys in the right place playing aggressive. Um, and essentially the same thing. There's a shot on goal. He gets it back, fakes out a defender, spins around and flicks it into the corner of the net. 5-4 Kraken. Sending Dallas home in Dallas, baby. At least they got to sleep in their own beds. Yeah. Because they needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Pavelski um, might have just gone right to a coffin. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Four-goal game by a 38-year-old and they don't get the win? That's brutal. Um, No, yeah. So I, I sadly had a basketball game at nine o'clock last night oh. so i left it was four two at the end of the second period i was like there's there's no way they're coming back oh that's so, so this summary was actually great for me to hear <laughs> happy to help you need to look up it is required that you look up the pavelski i will fourth this. goal it's insane um anyway really gutty win really impressed with um the way we rallied we've been good about that like i said this team's been very frustrating they get early leads and then they kind of without fail blow them but once things are equalized, they don't fold. They're yeah. like, okay, clean slate. Let's be really aggressive and play well again. Um, so it's nice to see them keeping that sort of mental toughness. Um, and also nice, their goal, uh, sorry, their goal, their goalie, Ottinger. Or Ot- Ot- Ottinger? I, I think it was Ottinger. It. O- Ottinger. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, who knows? You know, when we got four on him in the first, it's like, okay, that's obviously a fluke. This guy's one of the better goalies in hockey. Um, And the fact we didn't score on him for another two periods, I was getting real nervous. Really nice to get a goal on him in that extra time. Obviously to get the win, but also to kind of... Just solidify that feeling of, hey, we can score on this guy. Yes. Yeah, solidify the feeling of mortality uh, in him. Grubauer, freaking awesome. 35 shots against, only allowed four. Ottinger. 44 shots against. The Kraken were on one. Yeah, they were getting a lot of shots up, and he was playing like a stud, but really great win. 
Yeah, really great win. It's a crazy, you know, we talked about the Kraken playing better on the road, um, and obviously that's that's still holding true. Yeah, but uh, one game seven in Colorado, one yeah. game one in Dallas. I think we won every single game on the, or no, we did we win one in Seattle when we played the Avalanche? Correct. They okay. won They won one at home and, and one on the road. Yeah, I think it's just like capitalizing, kind of like any, any NBA playoff or anything like that, capitalizing on a road win. And just like using that and then, you know, winning at least, you know, most of your home games is huge. But that is crazy. Yeah, we had three road wins against the Avalanche. Three of our four were in Colorado and then to win the first one here. So we are four and five on the road so far in this Stanley Cup playoff, which as a seven seed is great news for us because we got a lot of road games. That's a lot of road games ahead. A lot of road games ahead. That was strategic by the coach. He wanted a low (laughs) seed so that he knew we could dominate on the road. Um a little frustrating for Kraken fans spending tickets on those games, I suppose. But uh, I don't know. Don't be so rich, bro. Sorry you can afford <laughs> Kraken tickets. Um, yeah. So, and you know, this is my favorite spot to be in professional sports in a seven-game series. Is being Ahead. 1-0. At, on the road. On the road, yeah. Yeah, Los Angeles Lakers are in the exact same scenario right now. Or it's like, okay, you've already won one on their home turf. Second game, totally house money. Yeah. That's not a reason to phone it in. Obviously, you want to get the win if you can, but talk about it's like okay, you lose, so you just stole you just stole home court, and now you're going home. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got how you've already got a win in the bag. Yeah, it's it's now like once if it's one and one, it's now officially you're basically got a home game series because you have three of the next five. Exactly, and if you win, then they are in dire straits. <laughs> they need to win four of the next five with, or sorry, th- yeah, yeah, four, four of the, the next, next five. five with three of them being on the road. Yeah. Sheesh, that's tough. Um, so yeah, really excited. Games on Thursday, game two in Dallas, and we'll respond to it approximately six days after it happens, of course. Of course, <laughs> just when the fans are are itching for it. Um, and I just wanna, I just wanna shout it out now. Good effort by the Kraken. We're gonna lose three to one. This next game, that's my call. Dallas wins three. I know you're trying to reverse jinx them, and I will go with you. They're gonna lose four to two. <laughs> Four to two, you're calling it. Okay, well, we'll see. Wouldn't it be a shame if we were wrong? Yeah, wouldn't it be just so awful? I, what we call this is a, an emotional hedge. Either I'm right or I'm happy. So <laughs> It's like the opposite of a relationship. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Uh, any other touching Kraken notes? I guess I would just like to note Grubauer's been awesome, earning his paycheck. He's been talked about as like winning the oh what's there's a, the the award for like the best player of the playoffs if they okay. can make it to the make it to the end. Very nice. And then I also just want to shout out our like team chemistry. Um, yes. Uh, I can't remember M- Maker. Makar. Um, thank you. Makar has not played since his injury against the Avalanche. He was our leading. Oh, sorry. You mean McCann? Sorry, our, our McCann. Yes. Makar's the one that. Yes. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Jared McCann. Um, our leading regular season scorer has not played in the last like four games and we've won three of them um he our team rallying around without him it's been phenomenal and it's been everybody in little little spits everly's been awesome bjorkstrand's been awesome schultz and uh uh who's the other one gord gord's been really good um yeah what i want to note is uh one of the one of the stars players i saw this quote from him that it was like it's basically like they the Kraken have a bunch of first lines. Like they basically just yeah. you can't tell the difference between any of the lines because of the amount of skill that's that's spread throughout the team instead of it all being focused on the front the first line. Yeah, and 
talking about it. We talked about this yeah, weeks ago. We brought this fact, up basically when we started the pod and didn't know hockey. <laughs> that, well, you know, not necessarily his top-end talent, but all our guys are cooking right now, mm-hmm. and we have just, like, three good lines. Yeah, yeah, it's never, it's not like Pavelski's off the ice, what do we do? It's, oh, you know, Schwartz is off the ice, it's okay, we got Bjorkstrand in, yeah. and we're cooking. Whoever's feeling it that day can stay out. It's exactly. Really, yeah, it's nice. And, it, yeah, I think we've seen multiple games like last night where it's a bunch of guys scoring. It's not one guy. I guess Bjorkstrand had his, had his two. That was a big individual effort. But we've had a lot of games where different guys are scoring goals, and I love it. That's what I love to see. Yeah. God, love a good Brooklyn Nets-type offense where it's everybody scoring instead of, uh, I guess they, they do have Mikhail who's kind of leading the charge. But basically what I'm Please saying don't is don't a well-spread out. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> think, think of a better team. I'm trying to think of a team that doesn't just have two people that run their entire offense in the NBA. You know what that reminds was the me first of, one that I came up with. It reminds me of like the 2020 like Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's better. Who did not win the chip, but... Um, just had like a lineup of guys that were just getting on base. Just everyone was batting like 280. Yeah. No dingers. <laughs> everything in the park. That was a fun. Just team. a bunch of singles just running around the bases. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Fantastic. Let's go. Let's go, Squids. Sweet. Hey, go, Squids. Go, Squids. Um, 20 minutes. That's a good cracking discussion. Yeah. We can, and obviously we'll touch on that in a week or so. Um, Moving the one, on. one thing that I want to talk about, oh, yeah. because we're not going to talk about it this, uh, this, we're just going to talk about the Seahawks draft really quick. We're just going to say, hey, the Seahawks did really well in this draft, just purely based on their first round acquisitions. Correct. Just wanted to bring that up real quick. We'll talk more in detail later. That's great. You know what we call that? A tease. Yes. Hawks had an awesome draft. We want to talk about it and the draft in general in depth. In coming days or weeks, depending on our schedules, we're going to release a kind of side episode, um, not our regular Wednesday night episodes, just about the NFL draft, particularly yeah. the Hawks touching on some other stuff in general. Um, so stay tuned. Yeah. And they did really good. So you're going to want to hear it. This episode was brought to you by GT Synergy Kombucha. Mm. Have you ever wanted to have 9 billion living probiotics inside your body? Mm. Well, they can provide that. GT's Kombucha has been getting me through these hot summer days and just nice. It's been nice and refreshing. Um, the Peach Paradise is my favorite flavor. John doesn't like kombucha, so I just wanted to, to shout out this, these guys. Not even a sarcastic episode. <laughs> Not even a sarcastic, yeah, just a shout out to really good kombucha. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, the last time I paid to have 9 billion living probiotics put inside me, <laughs> cost me like 10,000 Taiwanese yen, whatever they're called. Jesus. Um, so to know that you can do it cheaply, cheaply here in America is, is very exciting. Uh, but yeah, hey, GT's kombucha. All right, let's let's keep going here. Get a little bit of get a little bit of Mariners discussion going. Mm. Um, last time we talked, we were looking ahead at the Phillies series, um, and they have since played seven games since since then. So um, we'll just kind of recap that real quick. They uh, they went one and two against the Phillies. They went one and two against the Blue Jays. So officially two and six so far on the road trip, and they won one against the uh, A's last night. Make it three six, son. Yeah, we need need some wins against the A's right here. <laughs> and we are staring at a live feed of their second game against the A's zero zero bottom five. So yeah, really not looking too hot. They just blew a scoring opportunity, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, well that was what happened yesterday. And then they had two runs in like the eighth and ninth innings. If so. you hear me scream, you can assume they gave up a dinger. Um, <laughs> so yeah, kind of a disappointing gosh how else do you describe it this team they (laughs) 
They win a series against the Guardians. They lose a series to the Cubs. They sweep the Rockies. Then they get swept by the Brewers. <laughs> win a series against the Cardinals. Lose a series against the Phillies. Lose a series against the Jays. It's like, just there's no consistency, really. No consistency. Like I their think... highs are fall. Their highest highs are followed by their lowest lows. Exactly. Um, what I will say, you know, what's another thing that happened today, I believe. Uh, or actually, it was yesterday with the Bryce Miller call-up. We'll talk about that shortly. But they finally DFA'd Tommy LaStella. <sighs> I know we talked about it last time, and we were Tommy, like, oh, Tommy. did they do that? But no, it actually happened. They also sent Diego Castillo down to AAA. So all the things that I said in the last pod that had not happened yet, I was just an oracle. Is that the right word? Yeah, prophet. A prophet. <laughs> I'd follow you. You need to grow the beard out a little bit. I'm on it. Yeah, I'm into it. Tommy um, LaStella, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> He's not dead. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> dead to me. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Phillies and the Jays series. So that first game, I believe that was a Marco Gonzalez start, and he kind of pitched his butt off. I think he went six or seven innings, giving up one run, and then the bullpen gave up two, um, if I remember right. That was, again, a week ago. That sounds right. Um, and the Mariners just had five, and they, they the Phillies never really could come back. Uh, then, of course, the uh, they lost five to six to the Phillies, and I think that was just like... The Phillies kind of came back. I think the Mariners had all five of their runs in the second inning. Well, yeah, and then yeah, uh, on, right. on a Crawford grand slam, and then a Julio back-to-back followed it up with a solo shot. And then they didn't score after that, which we could talk about you know, when we assess their offense. But that's just something that you gotta got to stay on, is uh, scoring in multiple innings, because that is uh, kind of crucial. Four of those six Phillies runs coming from former Chicago Cubs. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Don't like that, especially not, for John. Not Tommy Listella. Not him, though. <laughs> um, and then the third game, God, we wasted a oh, glorious George Kirby start. So good. Um, we almost got no hit, if I remember right. We're kind of doing that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that was not good at all. Yeah. We had three hits in the game. Nice. Ouch. Yeah, didn't wasn't hot. Um, we lost the next game against the Jays, and I believe that was a Kevin Gosman start. And Gosman just kind of like torched us, if I remember right. Trevor Gott. Oh, that's that's the Mariners pitcher. Oh, you're um, saying oh, who? Yeah, who started against us? Tim Miyaza. Tim. Ma- oh Miazza? no, that would have been that would have been that we lost towards the end of the game. Yeah, that was two three. Oh, um, oh, 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 I see. I yeah, see, yeah. I see. You're right. You're right. Um, but I think that game Gosman carved us up for like seven, like fifteen strike, or I think the Mariners struck out like fifteen or seventeen times. Maybe it was back-to-back games. They struck out 15 and 17 Sorry, times. Not Gosman. It was Alec Manoa. God, and we torched Manoa in the in the uh, wild card series last year, yeah, that's too. That's tough. That's tough. Um, but anyways, yeah. The Mariners have been hitting like shit. I'm going to be honest here. Yeah, you hate to see it. What about Kelnick? What happened to our Lord and Savior Kelnick? Well, okay. Kelnick's fine. He had a bad couple games, but like he's been you know rallying. In that Oakland A's game yesterday, he had the, the clutch game time. Game, this hit to take the lead, which was nice. Um, kind of see him get back on track. He has been hitting in the three spot, um, just because he's been a little bit more consistent than everybody else because yeah, they're striking he, out. He a deserves lot. it. Still batting three oh nine on the year, Kellick is. Yeah, I think he won. Uh, like he made the the MLB team of the month, I believe. I think he was the left fielder on that team, which has been uh, really nice. Um, but yeah, continuing with that, we've uh, so we lost the first two games to the Jays and struck out. I think 32 times in two games, um, and then almost lost the third game, but had something that reminded me a lot of uh, the the wild card series last year, a little little comeback. Yeah, real quick, um, just before that comeback, Gossman, he's the one that won that second game. Yes. 
But yeah, and then, yeah, the epic comeback. Break it down for me. I didn't watch it. You did. Yeah, so first inning, we come up. Taylor Trammell, first game back after his injury, getting called up. He's ready to go. He hits a grand slam in the first inning. <laughs> Tremmy. Um, and so we're look. I like I was... We were out climbing that day, so I talked to John, and I was like, dude, the Mariners just took a 4-0, 4-0 lead. Soft brag, just yeah. you know, scaling some rocks, no yeah. big deal. You know. And then uh, What were you doing on Saturday? <laughs> and then Marco comes out and gives up five earned runs over three innings, Oof. three more unearned runs, but the Mariners give up eight runs in three, Marco comes out, and uh, the, the bullpen holds it down the rest of the game, but they're down 4-8 to eight for a majority of it. Yeah. And then... Who comes to help? But none other than other than our other hero, our Lord and Savior, the the Big Dumper. <laughs> <laughs> big Dumper always comes through with uh, two home runs. One to I believe bring it to eight seven in the eighth, and then we scored a run in the ninth to tie it. And then he hits the go ahead two run home run in the tenth to give us. I did not realize Raleigh hit two homers in that yeah. game. I yeah. love Cal Raleigh. Give me that guy's jersey. <laughs> it was crazy. So he had a negative WRC plus before that game. Um, which remember is like how he compares to compared to other batters in the league. Or I guess yes. not negative, but below a hundred uh-huh. or below average. Um, and it jumped to above a hundred after that game, which is saying a lot as to how fluctuating that stat can be. Um, but yeah, a really good game for Cal, hoping he can continue his kind of hot streak into the season and use this to jump start um, jump start the rest of the season. Okay, well here's a fun little bit of uh, statistical trivia for you. Uh, including all of our hitters in our starting lineup, including our bench, so including Raleigh, Trammell, Wong, Haggerty, and all our starting uh, hitters. Kelnick is leading the team, batting 309. Who is in second? And what is he hitting? I is that. I gave it away. It's a, not a woman. Shoot. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that JP? It is not J.P. Crawford. He's batting 230. Oh, I think he has a really high on-base percentage is what yeah. I'm thinking of. Um, in terms of average, yeah. would it be Cal? Is it Cal? It's not Cal. He's at 230 as well. Jesus. It's the not... entire team is hitting like 219 yeah. in the month of April. It's not Ty bad. France hitting 238. It's it's not Julio. Is it Julio? It's, it's not Julio. It's Julio. Okay, it's I was Julio like, I thought you were trying to trick me. Two thirty nine. Jesus Christ! Oh, he goes from three oh seven to two thirty nine. That is pitiful, pitifully bad. Two thirty nine for your second best hitter on the year. It's crazy how men. I was just going through their starters and looking. It was like, are the, are the stats just repeating themselves? Everybody's either batting like two thirty or one eighty. That's all anybody is doing. Thank God for Kelnick, or this season would be even more off the rails. The, I guess the good news is, the problem is very visible and very correctable. This team will hit better than that. Yeah, I was going to say, so if you have, you're, you're still like about 500, and, uh, oh, Kelnick's about to get thrown out right now. Um, Jesus. Let him have, <laughs> let him, let him have it, Kelnick's Kelly. Kelnick's upset, he just struck out, but he's, he's, uh. He's a feisty guy. For all um, those people also watching the top of the sixth of this athletic <laughs> game on Wednesday. <laughs> um, but so we're we're you know thirteen and sixteen right now. Yeah, batting two nineteen on the season as a team. Like, yes, we're playing piss poor, and we're still a little bit below five hundred. It's because the pitching's been good. Yeah, the pitching's been great. Our hitting, I think we have like. I think we're in terms of runs scored, we're like ninth in the in the in Major League Baseball. Oh, you're kidding! But we just like so we're not stranding a lot of runners is what we're doing. Yeah, and I think we're winning 
by a decent margin, or you know, we're or the scoring games a lot of we runs, win, we're yeah, scoring yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Which we, we've know, had a lot of explosive outbursts. Exactly. We, uh, I think our our run differential after yesterday was like plus two, so we're like just above five hundred technically on run differential. I see. Um, and so, really, if you think about it, if our, if Julio and Ty can step up and be normal yeah. for for well, a couple months, it'll look great. Yeah. Well, remember at the beginning of this year when I said we've got a bunch of guys that can hit and get on base. But I was worried that we wouldn't be able to generate power. I take it all back. Just get on base. I don't. <laughs> we don't need the. We don't need the power. Let's start with baby steps. How about we hit better than two thirty, and then we can worry about generating power. Um, I think it's very impressive. This team is thirteen and sixteen, considering the way they've been swinging the bat. So, I guess that must mean the pitchers have been pretty good. Maybe it's time to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we'll start off talking about that, but it's a little rough to for for what we're what we're gonna say at first. Uh, Robbie, yeah, since we talked last, don't cry, man. It's okay. Robbie Ray has to get season-ending Tommy John and corrective surgery on his uh, left like elbow flexor muscle or something like that. Mm. Different than Tommy John, but two different surgeries, which I believe actually happened today, this Wednesday on the the third of May. Um, so he is out for the season now. I had all these notes from from last week that I was ready to talk to you about, John. And then, of course, four things happened over the course of the weekend. And instead of discussing what could happen, we can discuss what did happen with the Robbie Ray replacement. Yeah, I don't miss Robbie. I don't don't miss (laughs) Robbie. I'm uh, kind of excited about uh, a particular young pitcher. About this new guy who showed up yesterday. May or may not be ten times the player that Robbie is now. I'll tell you what, there might not be a single Mariners fan that likes Robbie Ray less than I do. Um, I'm sure he's a decent guy. I'm not going to miss him on the field. I'm a big Robbie fan, to be honest. I, you know, we've, that, that's one of our more polarizing opinions, actually, I feel like, between ourselves. Yes, we're on very opposite sides of the spectrum on Robbie. You were getting choked up. I, I had a big grin on my face, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but, so last week, I made these notes, and I was going to ask you, John, just, and so so people know where we're coming from, I was going to ask who would take Robbie's place, because Flexen has obviously not been where we wanted him to be. So... We've got Bryce Miller, who hasn't really been performing that well in Double A. We've got Brian Wu, who's who's a little bit more, a little bit less touted, like less highly touted. Uh, Bryce Miller is in the. Oh, now you're fine. While we were recording, okay, <laughs> it was scaring me there for a second. Um, Brian Wu, who's a little bit less highly touted, but still good, and was still has the the potential to uh, to come up if somebody gets injured or something this year, which we would not want to happen, but could still do it. Um, oh, man, Teo just got thrown out trying to stretch a double. Nice. Mariner's playing really well today. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, maybe we look for outside help, or maybe we just bring up Tommy Malone to get us through something part of, some part of the season. Because Those are good notes. Yeah. Uh, what ended up happening? Yeah, we just brought up Bryce Miller, and he had a 10-strikeout game his first <laughs> day out. <laughs> That'll work. So he had, yeah he had a historic debut for the M's um, that would be yesterday on May second he had ten strikeouts and he had a perfect game I believe through five and uh, in his debut in his debut he had the most strikeouts ever by a Mariners debut pitcher okay I, I thought you were gonna say any pitcher it's like that would be a wild stat two hundred years of baseball but that makes more sense for a Mariners pitcher yeah. Um, that is incredible. Do you? This might not be a fair question. Do you? Can you give us any uh, bio on Bryce Miller? I don't know yeah. anything about him. Yeah. So I didn't know he existed until we called him up. So his fastball, and there's some stats from yesterday's game that will tell us some some real good things about Miller. 
Um, but his fastball is very good. It's got a lot of movement and uh, it has a very high spin rate. And so spin rate is what makes the ball feel like it's going up. Like a ball is never really going up, but the spin rate can keep it on a level playing field instead of having it fall, you know, as you throw, gravity's affecting it. So the more spin, the more it feels like it's rising. And so that looks and is very hard to hit. It looks really weird to hitters. Um, so he has a really good fastball. To put it in perspective, the stats on his fastball yesterday were that he was getting like over 2,500 RPM or like, I think it's RPM, but like spins per minute. That's wild. Which is better than Jacob deGrom. It's the best fastball spin rate in the MLB if that was the like the average. What's his top end speed? Uh, yeah, I think he was throwing 97 yesterday. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah, so... Not not breaking any, any records Not there, breaking but, any records speed-wise, speed, but speed. it's so hard to hit his fastball. With that spin rate. And yesterday there was rain, so it made it a little little bit tougher with, like, you know, the bats, the ball can hydroplane and things like that. So. Sure. Um, that's great. But, yeah, a really, really good fastball. Like, could be better than George Kirby's and Logan Gilbert's. Is he a two-pitch guy? Um, I think he was throwing three pitches yesterday. Um, he had a fastball slider curve. He had a couple fastballs that were a little slower, and maybe that was because it was late in the game. Um, throw a little ephus out there. Throw a little, throw a little ephus, little two seam sinker that rides a little bit more instead of has a has the speed. But uh, yeah, a really good start. Struck out ten. I think he struck out like five of the first six batters he faced. Wow, there. That's awesome. Like he was feeling it yesterday um which was great to watch yeah now a little tempering guys actually tend to play some of their best pitching in their debuts because there's, there's no, no tape on yeah, them. No, people have no idea no what info. to expect they're not not really planning for him at all so reasonable to expect <laughs> that's not just who he is you know i'm sure people know that but just the goat you mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not an average 10 strikeouts a game people um but the good news is that we're not asking him to step into our number one pitching role he can slide he can in be our like, five yeah he can be four or five um who would be four so it's gilbert well so it's obviously castillo castillo, castillo gerby gerby kirby or gilbert <laughs> we, we call them gerby here. <laughs> uh or two and three and then marco would probably be our oh, four. okay that's right yeah right it should be marco so yeah, yeah he'd be five so pretty low pressure yeah and also bringing him in against the a's was nice yeah and yeah some <laughs> Good opportunity to grow. It'll be interesting to see. If he can be what we hope he can be, then we will certainly not be missing Robbie Roy, particularly come postseason when ideally Robbie Roy would never touch the field. Um, do, you, do you know anything about him in terms of you know size, where he's from, where did he play, anything like that? I think he played at Texas A&M, and I think he's relatively small. So Gilbert's a tall guy i think he's we like were watching six, seven, now six, and eight. i was just thinking like that guy could dunk <laughs> yeah no he could he could dunk standing vertically <laughs> uh, i think kirby like he doesn't look huge but i think kirby's like six four like he's a he's pretty a good physical too. specimen miller i think is like six two so pretty pretty below average actually for an mlb okay. pitcher but he gets good spin he's no matt brash matt brash is short and really so the real evaluation with that is if you have a have a pitcher who's smaller their the repeatability of their pitch or of their their uh, motion increases. Well, it, it decreases actually because oh, it's harder to repeat a pitch. It's for sure. well, kind of meeting in that middle because you're putting in a lot more effort to throw as hard because you're smaller. I see. So you can tire out a little easier. George Kirby has like one of the best pitching motions of all time, just because he's like the perfect size. It's so simple. There's no like yeah. extra movement. So he can be out there all day. Yeah, Gilbert's a little long, and so his his arm can you know 
just can vary a little bit more between pitches. Um, so Miller, maybe a little bit more towards Matt Brash than uh, than George Kirby, but still still really good. I thought good it was size, funny. Yeah. He would uh, he would pitch and then kind of like bounce off the mound to the left. For those of you that watched the game on Tuesday. Um, every time he thought he would get a strike or like, or I wasn't sure if he thought he would get a strike or thought he made a bad pitch, but he would just uh, bounce to like the left of the mound by 20 feet every single time. <laughs> it'd be interesting if he's doing a little Pavlov with the, uh, with the, with the ump. If every time he sees just him call a strike, in, he yeah. jumps to the right. So that when he starts jumping to the right, ump's calling a strike before he even knows what he's thinking. That's good work. Um, well, that's great. So I feel like this is kind of where we, for kind of a crazy couple weeks for the M's. We're kind of leaving it in the same spot. Pitching's been really good. Hitting's a mess. Hitting needs to step up. We're re- we're a little under 500 and should be better. <laughs> yeah, you would think that, you know, after the first month, first month things would kind of even out and uh, you would get to where you, you thought the team was going to be. But I think we just have to say it's still a little early. Uh, I guess still we Still can... a little early, but, like, it's getting to be time. Yeah. One thing that I do want to talk about is... Uh, the just like the at bats that our team is having, Teoscar and Gino are in the top five in strikeouts in Major League Baseball. Teoscar has the most strikeouts in Major League Baseball right now. Um, Julio is swinging outside of the zone too much. I think people are just seeing that he can't really hit the slider away, and so he's just kind of getting getting toasted by that uh, as the Mariners give up a run. Um, tear. <laughs> Ty France just hasn't really looked super good. I think he's being... I think what it is is Julio and Ty are being too aggressive. Mm, they're not um, letting things come to them. Yeah, they're just like... Little I guess, Javi Baez syndrome there. Yeah, that's, I, I guess that's a good way to say it. They're just like swinging because it's in the strike zone instead of looking for pitches to hit. Um, and so they get to, you know, if the first two outs of the game or, you know, of your first two hitters come in five to seven pitches, it's really not a good... Uh, not a good thing because you people don't get to see anything. Your your first two guys who get the most at bats don't like get warm. Sure. Means so it's just not like cranking they, up that pitch count. Yeah, they haven't they haven't looked good. Julio and Ty have been uh, a little bit of a mess. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I think last time we talked, or even a couple a couple pods ago, we were discussing just like MLB batting average this year with the rule changes. And I believe at the time we were seeing players are hitting more. There's there's mm-hmm. been more offense. With the rushed pitching, it's basically obviously the hitters are rushed, rushed too, but it's an advantage to the hitters to have the pitcher in a bit of a rush. Um, is that, to your knowledge, is that still the case? I think so. I think batting averages are up like 0.015%. Okay. Or, or like, you know, the batting average. So not up. significant, but up. Yeah. And that would indicate that not only are the Mariners playing bad for them, but they're also playing, they should be hitting better than last year, not worse. Yeah. And, uh, so I guess encouraging in that water finds its level, things will likely improve and not get worse. But things can always get worse. There's always it's always a possibility. Ask Avalanche fans; things <laughs> can go from bad to worse really quick. Um. Yeah. So the Mariners have been just uh, just a little out of out of sync, um, which sucks because I don't we don't want to leave you with that with that discussion. Yeah, we were th- we were so excited after the Kraken section. Hopefully, mm-hmm. people stopped listening there. Yeah. Know? Uh, let's let's pick things up a little bit. That's enough MLB talk. Yeah, let's, um, let's move. Let's move on. Hey, go M's. We still, you know, have high hopes. We still think the team's going to be good. It's just uh, just not looking great right now. Exactly. Move They'll get it together. Good. Having solid pitching, you can always improve the bats. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like we said, we'll touch on the draft another time. 
stay uh, excited for that. So what else is there to talk about? Um, well, I guess the first round of the NBA playoffs is over, and it was pretty nuts. Um, a little crazy. Yeah, obviously. No uh, no Sonics yet, but just wait for it. This this is all important homework for when the Sonics get here in two yeah, years. Yeah, just so everybody knows how, how, the, how the league's going, how it's yeah. shaping up. Um, so... The Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies and ended Dylan Brooks' career in professional <laughs> basketball. Do you hear today Memphis released a report that said they will absolutely not, under any circumstances, yeah. bring Dylan Brooks back? It's like, oh my God, why would you? Why would you say that? No matter what, like, yeah, you yeah. should never be saying that. Also, the Mariners just gave up another run, back to back doubles. It's avert not, not your a great eyes. Look. Avert your eyes. Uh, Golden State beat Sacramento in a seven-game series, which. Probably we'll get more of our focus, so I'll leave it there for now. Yep. Uh, Phoenix took care of business against an injury-riddled uh, Clippers team. Denver stomped the Timberwolves. Uh, and then Milwaukee lost to the Miami Heat in the weirdest five-game series of all time. I think we, yeah, I think we talked about that last last podcast yeah. episode, so we don't need to get into that too much. But still yeah, a mess. It's, all these it's days later, still messy. Um, Knicks beat the Cavs. That was a good series. Uh Celtics beat the Hawks, no surprises, and and Philadelphia beat uh, Brooklyn, certainly no surprises. So, I guess you know it was fairly chalk, except for the Milwaukee thing, which we discussed, and the Golden State thing, and the Lakers, and Lakers. That's fair. I, you know, uh, Memphis was pretty beat up. But yeah. Regardless, uh, I just want to talk about the Warriors series for a second. Yeah, let's just do that, and we can kind of wrap it up a little. little That's earlier. a good call. That's a good call. So NBA fun stuff happening. Let's talk about the Dubs. Yeah. Um. Awesome seven-game series. De'Aaron Fox was great. Working with an injured hand there late. Um, and that Game 7 rolls around, and it's the Steph Curry show. Guy has most points in a Game 7 in the history of the NBA, which is a wild stat. I would, yeah. I would have thought somebody would have scored more than 50 at some point, but 50 is the record. He has it. Um, hitting threes, scrolling in the paint, putting the team on his back. Nothing new. God, I love Steph. If the, if the Sonics get an expansion draft, and they can pick anybody they want. I hope they pick him. Even, Even though, though Luca's available? Oh, fuck, fuck Luca! Just Hard pass. Hard pass. Um, but yeah, they were awesome. Clay's been better, but it was really go- It was really Curry against a really good Sacramento team. Sabonis had kind of a down series, but he was also getting just bludgeoned. I'm not sure you saw him by the yeah, end of that series. I saw, but I saw him with the black eye and everything. Yeah, he looked like he was wearing like zombie makeup. <laughs> the guy was, the guy was a mess. Um, Malik Monk was awesome all series. That guy's a baller. Um, their bench guys like Trey Lyles. Um, I guess Herder starts for them now, but uh, Herder's really good. They just got a lot of a lot of players on the Sacramento team. Everybody except for Harrison Barnes, yeah. God, Barnes sucks. You're right. <laughs> a massive, glaring weak link. I that it's really Steph Curry and Harrison Barnes against the <laughs> Sacramento Kings. He still got his old Golden State jersey on underneath. Um, yeah, it's kind of validating as somebody that was hurt by watching Golden State lose to uh, Cleveland back in 2016 mm. to see Harrison Barnes suck for somebody else. It's like, oh no, no. When the playoffs rolls around, this guy's trash for everyone. Um, man. But they so that's where they're at the spot they need to fill. They yep. need to move on from Harrison Barnes, get a long big wing in at the three to start. Um, Sacramento's going to be around again next year, man. Yeah. Their defense was not very good this year, and it won't be very good next year. But their offense, with that's a bonus Fox pick and roll, it's it's sweet magic. And you know, great year for Sacramento, third seed, 
made the playoffs, had a couple big wins, lost a tough game seven to, you know, the defending champs. Um, there's no shame in that. Yeah, in a historic game by the best player. Yeah, I really like De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox's post-game comments, too. He's very positive. It's all about building, all about growth. I also never heard his voice before. I don't know if that's possible. I never heard De'Aaron Fox speak. He has the deepest voice I've ever heard. Really? He looks like just like a normal dude, but when he, he's got, like, honeyed voice. That guy should be doing ad <laughs> reads for us. I need to get a hold of him. Um, so, yeah, I really like their team, Sacramento. Yeah. A lot to look forward to in these next rounds. Um, your sons are down 0-2 right now. We don't have to talk about that. Yeah, we we're going to move on, but just wanted to just wanted to say it one time before John uh, yeah. got got his take about the sons being amazing off. Press stop before I start crying. <laughs> I wake um, up screaming Jokic in my sleep. <laughs> uh, with that, do you have anything else you want to say, or should I should I sign us off? I think this is going to be a relatively short episode. We're try we tried for forty five minutes. We still went over ah, every time. Just too much fun. Um, no, uh, I think I'm really locked in the Kraken more than anything else right now. Super yeah. excited for the game on Thursday. Go Squids. Go Squids. Hopefully the M's level out a little bit. Again, look look forward to this uh, upcoming NFL draft discussion that we're going to have. That's going to be good. Um, it might be a little shorter. Maybe if we just focus on the draft, we'll yeah, do like a 30-minute like episode. Yeah, 20, 30-minute episode. Little, just a little teaser. Yeah. Um, but hey, if you enjoyed this episode of Sound Up Seattle. Yes. Please give us a follow on Spotify. We're also, if you haven't, you know, if you don't know where the Spotify episodes come from, you can go to rss.com slash soundupseattle to find our episodes there. Again, that's what my mom does. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also find Sound Up Seattle on uh, Twitter, TikTok, and I did finally make the Instagram, so it's there. Heck yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you can find us all at Sound Up Seattle, all lowercase, no spaces or anything like that. Um, you can also email us at soundupseattle at gmail.com as John whips out his Catan game while I do this little read. Hey, I can multitask. <laughs> um, you can find me, Tyler, at tycart 50 everywhere, important. Um, and again, John still cannot be found. He hasn't activated his Instagram. Maybe I should just make one for him that's like fake and you guys can message me on there. Ooh, that's a good idea. You can um, pretend to be me. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. It'll get, get the people going. Um, other than that, it's provocative, <laughs> gets the people going. Other than that, we hope you have a great, uh, Thursday and a great upcoming weekend. Hey, enjoy what's, uh, what's coming with this Seattle sun. We've been, we've been loving it. Um, go squids. Go squids, baby.